podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, and welcome to a very special Money Talks podcast. Uh, no, I'm not Mo Chatra. He is with me, though. Hi, Mo. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, was, I was looking forward to a nice, relaxing uh, Monday evening, but then um, news broke today, and all my plans were scuppered. But anyway, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those shows, again, where the actual guy whose podcast it is isn't hosting it and I'm hosting it and he's going to talk but this happens quite regularly on Money Talks with Mo so he's used to it he needs uh, he needs to do all the talking and give us all the insight so someone needs to be there to just push those questions through and, and maybe react to a few things because it's I mean today is like you just said a massive day because it's the day that all of us have been waiting for for a long time actually we've all constantly mentioned somewhere what's happening with these investigations what the fuck are Premier League playing at I mean first things first before we get to the investigations the timing of this coming out this news anything to do with that government stuff that's coming the white paper in your in your view um I think it's too much of a coincidence for it not to be linked yeah. Um, I mean, the Premier League obviously will say, oh, no, no, we we, we were always planning on uh, releasing something around now. But look, what what we do know is that the Premier League have been against um, a third-party regulator coming in and basically taking over certain aspects of regulation away from them. They claim, they feel that, you know, they are perfectly adequate in terms of regulating um the top division in English football. And they think that it, there is simply not a need for a regulator, or at least a regulator to interfere in their affairs. If, if they want to appoint a regulator to manage um, the tiers further below the Premier League, then, you know, their view might be, well, fill, fill your boots. But yeah, I've, I think too much of a coincidence for me, but uh, you know, they'll obviously deny any such link. Yep, I agree. I think it's 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 way too much of a coincidence. But um, they they're trying to send a message that we can regulate ourselves. You don't need to send a regulator in because uh, something must be in the back of the government's mind as well. There'll be football fans as MPs saying, "Why the hell haven't you moved on this yet? It's been four years. They're just const- constantly winning. It's becoming uh, a bit of a." a Scottish Premier League type scenario. Obviously, yeah, it's a bit better than that, but you know what I mean. The same team winning all the time and uh, it's just not right. So give us some background to the investigation for those who have been living under a rock and have no idea or maybe just started following football in the last couple of years. Yeah, so, I mean, the um, investigation launched um, 
very close to four years ago now. Um, so this was around March 2019 is when we found out for sure that an investigation was underway, though some suggestions have pegged the actual commencement of the investigation all the way far back as um, late 2018. And it happened around the same time as um, the UEFA uh, investigation, which was the second one, um, which led to UEFA then finding Manchester City guilty and were proposing to ban them from Europe for, I think, two years. And then that case went to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. And um, as we know, uh, Manchester City had it pretty much overturned, not least because they were very clever in uh, the fact that both sides can have um, one person um, in terms of the um, three-person panel um, that essentially um, is picked by them. But then there were other negotiations which had to be undertaken as well. And the long and short of it is, is that the, 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 the third person ultimately Manchester City got to have the say over um, who that person was. So effectively, they ended up picking two of their favoured um, uh, panellists out of the three. And um, lo and behold, um, the Court of Arbitration for Sport, um, through a majority of two to one, ruled in favour of City. That said, um, there were one or two um, points raised by UEFA um, which, which were upheld. Um, so it meant that City didn't get away completely um, scot-free, but nonetheless, um, in terms of that overall severe punishment of two years banned from all European competitions, um, they, they escaped that. And they thought, you know, once again, our lawyers have, um, you know, delivered the goods and, you know, we are untouchable. And, um, you know, this investigation by the Premier League has rumbled on in the background for quite some time. We would hear very, very little about it other than I think it was about, oh, yeah, 18 months ago. Um, there was just a, a very minor update that came out um, through a bit of a leak that, you know, oh, actually the investigation is dead. It's still very much active. And in fact, um, part of the issue in terms of why it has taken so long is because Manchester City have largely been um, uncooperative. They have not been providing information and, um, you know, that they are certainly looking to drag the process out by not cooperating with the investigation. Um, so it is something that um, clearly has taken a considerable amount of time, but uh, we are finally here in terms of uh, the Premier League f announcing its, um, its, uh, its, uh, conclusion to the investigation um, but in way it, though it concludes one stage it very much is just the beginning of um, potentially several more stages to come <laughs> the war start of the war um, a legal war most likely once um, once they mm. once they um, punish on this but the charges then let's talk about those because for everybody it's just a list of numbers and letters really but what do they actually mean yeah, so um, it's basically, I mean, in terms of the total number of charges, 113 separate charges um, leveled against Manchester City. So Centurions. Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. They, they've outdone themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so 
100 points in whatever season it was, 18, 19 or whatever, and uh, 113. Well done, City. Um, so, look, um, these charges uh, essentially relate to four different things. The first one is um, to do with assisting a Premier League investigation. And a lot of these charges relate to... Um, the, the last four or so, four or so seasons, um, including the most current one. So, you know, any Premier League club, when it is being investigated for whatever it may be, has to cooperate with the Premier League. That is clearly written in the rules. And clearly, um, in this situation, the Premier League feels that Manchester City have not cooperated um, to the extent that it would be expected to. And so, therefore... 30 charges specifically relate to um, not cooperating with um, the investigation. The second set of charges relate to profitability and sustainability. So in in effect, um, relating to financial fair play, and these are UEFA's regulations. Uh, And this period, uh, so so these 25 charges cover an earlier period stemming back to, I think it was around 2013-14. And then we have um, a bunch of other charges which relate to um, something that I have talked about in the past uh, on Twitter and also here on Money Talks, which is manager remuneration. And this covers the period during which um, Roberto Mancini was in charge of Manchester City. So for those that... um, have long memories. I, I talked in the past about the fact that the De Spiegel leaks covered um, certain allegations relating, or there were emails that were suggesting that um, Roberto Mancini had been remunerated um, above and beyond um, that which was declared through Manchester City's um, accounts. So, in other words, um, he was receiving. Um, payment or remuneration other ways um, through other other means, including offshore accounts. Uh, and that is something that um, came out through the Despegal leaks. And um, that appears to be the basis of eight separate charges relating to manager remuneration. And then um, the biggest area relates to accuracy of financial information. And so this is, again, where basically it is, uh, the long and short of it is that it's alleged that the uh, information that City have shared um, is is not entirely accurate, not true and fair, which is a very severe and very strong accusation because, um, you know, essentially it's suggesting and implying that um the uh, information that they publish in their accounts, which are audited and have been audited by um, audit firm BDO, um, are not true and fair, are not accurate. And and these, in fact, relate, um, again, to uh, the period prior to the investigation. Um, so this is a very, uh, in, in, in combination, severe set of um, uh, charges, Clearly, the fact that there's 113 separate charges means that um, there is an awful lot of wrongdoing um, as far as the Premier League is concerned. These are not one or two isolated incidents. 
And so therefore, it would be hard for City and their lawyers to argue that there might have been an oversight or an administrative or clerical error. Um, this very much suggests, it very much implies systemic, institutionalized wrongdoing. And when that is the case, and that is the implication, um, then you would expect that the punishments will be extremely severe too. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Let's talk about those punishments potentially. I mean, there's been loads of things going round, but in your view, what would what would those potential punishments look like? I mean, there's loads of people hoping for something here <laughs> that, that, that's positive <laughs> for Liverpool, really. But I think I think it needs to be just right. I mean, that if if these, I mean, okay, there's a there's a there's a world where maybe half of these get proven. Do you get what I mean? Mm. There's, a, there's a possible. It's possible, right? Where some of these get thrown out or whatever. Uh, what what kind of punishments can we expect in those cases? Like, full if all of them were done, if maybe a subset were done, what would you, what would you, what would you think? Because you've gone through some of those different charges there, and and, and kind of like uh, compartmentalized them, or how do I say the word? You've kind of sectioned them off into separate sections, right? Yeah. Would, what would you what would you think the maybe maybe do it that way how what do you think the the punishments would be for each one well i, I think that it's potentially difficult to um link them back specifically to the different categories i think what is in all likelihood going to be the case is that all of the different charges will be considered obviously on their own merits but then the punishment will be in relation to the accumulation, whether it's as little as one or two charges being um, held, upheld, all the way to the entire 113. And then I think that the punishment will be in relation to whatever is upheld, whether it's just one or two, all the way through to the full lot. Um, and what we do know, um, because it's published in the Premier League handbook, is that the um, set of punishments that... Um, the commission um, can make a decision on are as follows. Uh, and, and I'll come back to the commission in a moment. The punishments are that um, Manchester City can be suspended from um, playing league matches. So in other words, it would be forced out of the Premier League and it might be forced all the way down to the bottom of the Football League, which is League Two. Wow. And th- there is a there is a precedent, in, albeit in Scotland, where um, a set of charges um, were upheld against Rangers, and um, obviously there were other quite serious financial issues there as well. 
and they fell all the way from the Scottish Premiership right down to the bottom fourth tier of Scottish football. And, um, you know, that that's certainly one potential scenario here. Um, another one is points deductions. And what is interesting is whether there is any scope for those points deductions to be leveled retrospectively. Uh, and that is, again, something that the commission will have to determine. The, the, the guidance doesn't explicitly state that points deductions cannot be um, retrospectively levelled. Um, so, so that is something, obviously, that has been discussed amongst Liverpool fans, but also Manchester United fans today, because um, both United and Liverpool over the last um, however many seasons, have finished runners-up on three separate occasions um, when Manchester City has gone on to win the Premier League. Difference being United finished more than 15 points behind on both of their years. So if the points ban is around 10 points, sorry, the points... It is 10 points per season. Yeah, they're not getting all those titles. <laughs> so there could be like a double whammy for us here that we could celebrate, but yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so just quickly in terms of other um, punishments, um, there can be a recommendation that the um, certain matches get replayed, which, you know, I think in this situation is certainly not um, a viable um, option. Uh, recommendation that um, the league um, expels Manchester City, which is in, in line with the kind of earlier one. Um there potentially is a case for compensation um, to the Premier League, but even potentially to other clubs that may have financially um, lost out. So Liverpool, Manchester United being the obvious example, who three times each finished runners-up when um, Manchester City went on to win the Premier League. Um, there could be a case of um, refusing to register players. So in other words, um effectively a ban on transfers incoming into City and that could be applied to multiple transfer windows. It could be two, three, four. We know again from recent precedent um, Chelsea had a similar type of punishment um, levelled against them only about three years ago I think it was, four years ago and they had a two transfer window ban um, from memory. Um, there can also be um, potentially there, there is something around um, other punishments as well as, as the panel sees fit. So again, there could be um, suspended punishments, which I think is unlikely if uh, the majority or all of the um, charges are upheld. So I, I think that we are likely to see a very significant punishment. Um, and I think if the majority of these charges are upheld, um, and then they go to potentially appeal and are upheld again. Um, we, we could see City drop out of the Premier League. I think personally it's unlikely that their titles will be stripped away, but it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility whatsoever that they lose all of those titles. Because one of the things that I have alleged is that the cheating that has gone on, in my view, is not something that has been around marginal gains. This has not been City doing things that have given them an advantage to help secure them an extra two, three points here or there. This has been, again, as far as I am concerned, 
Um, and this is not not necessarily the view of Anfield Index. Um, wholesale systemic cheating um, around specifically um, a number of things, but specifically the primary one being um, sponsorship income, where in my view, sponsorship income has been inflated to a significant extent. I mean, we're talking over 100 million minimum per season. And if you look at it on that basis and you strip that additional income out, Pep Guardiola is not at Manchester City. A lot of their key players are not at Manchester City. You take all these things away. It's not making a difference of two, three points. Yeah, The big one is as well that what about all those clubs that finished fifth in those years? Because they've lost out on hundreds of millions from the Champions League. Like I mean, exactly. well, maybe may, may not that much, but it's it's it, well, if it's the million. same team, yeah. But if it's the same team that's finishing fifth all the time, like a United yeah. or something, that is hundreds of millions over 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 multiple years. Now, when you add things up like that, that's costly, man. That's that's really yeah. big cost to other teams that you, because of your cheating. But yeah. then at the same time, you've earned. So your what you one thing you've said there, which was brilliant, is that. Uh, you, you know the players by your inflate, inflated money that you've earned from sponsorships. But then the second thing, what about because of those players, all the extra money you've earned in, in um, you know, by winning trophies? Mm. That should yeah, not totally. be there either. You know, totally, completely, hundred percent. And that's why I've been hammering home about my view about Manchester City's financial doping for so long. You know, I, I, I retweeted. A, a thread I posted from 2018. I, you know, I've been going about it since then. You know, I've had people on Money Talks like the wonderful Nick Harris, who've been going on about it a lot longer than I have. I mean, he's been, you know, writing about the subject since 2010, 2011, um, over a decade. You know, there's been people out there who've been making a lot of noise. Um, but you know, out of fear of lawyers coming after you and all these other things and the tons of abuse that you get from, you know, Manchester city fans on social media. Um, a lot of people are scared to talk about this, but everyone knows it's happening, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm glad it's come out in this way. And I'm, I'm glad that the premier league has shown some balls now to say, look, you know, um, we are not here to be pushed around. We are going to show that we can be strong in the face of, you know, some some of these serious issues. And it has been a serious issue because, you know, there have been multiple titles won by a club that without, never mind bending the rules, outright breaking them, would never have come close to winning these honours. No chance. Um and and that is what is so frustrating, especially for Liverpool fans, because look, had we not had Manchester City and their blatant breaking of the rules over the last few years, you know, we would definitely have won more than one Premier League, um, you know, in, in this period. And, you know, you, you can vary. I mean, it's not even the case of ifs and buts and maybes. You know, in my view, we'd, Definitely have achieved that. Um, and we lost that twice by a single point over the last few years because of 
wholesale cheating. It's not even marginal gains. And that is what's frustrating because, you know, there are some very, very um, prominent cases in sports of cheating. Lance Armstrong is one of the most famous ones. You know, he he did use performance enhancing uh, substances to get marginal gains, which led him to win seven Tour de France's in a row. Those titles all, by the way, have been wiped from his record. The, the records, if you look them up, will show there are no official winners in those seven years for the Tour de France. You know, he cannot claim he is a Tour de France winner. You know, that is wiped from his record. In my view, the same should happen to City as well. Um, but yeah, again, could they, could they take could they take you know precedence from other sports as well or not? Or it, is it all going to be based on what you just you know talked about in the punishments that are in the handbook, basically? Or could they go and say, well, no, we're, even though that's not there, this has been done for other places where the... I mean, this is unprecedented, right? This is going to be cheating at a level that, you know, sophisticated cheating, as they call mm. it. No one's ever done anything like this in the history of sport, you know? Uh, and I think when you have situations which are unprecedented um, in a certain context... And especially when you know that lawyers will get involved, um, precedent set elsewhere um, can carry some weight when it comes to these matters being arbitrated by independent panels. So I think that um, it will absolutely be the case that they will look at certain situations from either elsewhere in football or even outside of football where cheating has occurred um, in order to... Um, determine appropriate punishments. So I think that that will absolutely be the case, that they will not look at it in isolation. They will not look at it, um, you know, in, in terms of just what has happened within the Premier League. Because, look, there is no frame of reference within the Premier League. Um, you know, no other club to this point in time has, has conducted themselves in the way that City have. And I, I think... One of the other things to flag up is that Manchester City did respond with a statement today and it was just the most condescending, most arrogant um, kind of statement you, you could possibly make up. And it just sums that club up. You know, they're rotten to the core. You know, they put out a statement talking about how they look forward to taking this to um, an independent, um, you know, panel where they think that they'll get a... F- basically a fair hearing implication being um, that they feel that, you know, it's a bit of a stitch up by um, the Premier League. So of course, now we can expect, um, you know, in addition to City fans booing the UEFA anthem, they're going to start booing the Premier League anthem before the start of every Premier League game. Um, You know, it's just absolutely absurd that, you know, they, they just conduct themselves like an innocent party. They know full well what they've done. They know exactly what they've done. The leaked emails, and by the way, Manchester City have never, ever, ever denied the veracity of those emails. All they've ever said is um, the emails are taken out of context. You read these emails. You read what the, what was said. There's no um, way that you can take certain things out of context. It is blatant attempts at cheating the system and basically lawyering up up to the hilt in order to try and scare off um, regulatory bodies. And that has worked to an extent with the likes of UEFA, but UEFA's biggest shortfall is the fact that it's institutionally um, incompetent and also in the past had been 
institutionally corrupt. And that is partly why they got away with it the first time. And on the second occasion, they got away with it because of um, incompetence on the part of UEFA. Whereas I think this time they're dealing with a different body and this time the outcome could be different. I agree. I think it's it seems way, way stronger this time. And I think having that experience of UEFA as well, as in the Premier League seeing that and the reaction to UEFA from everybody, the fans, that's mm. going to play in your mind. You know, you, you don't want to be taken as a joke. UEFA are seen as a joke right now. How they handled that FIFA is really under the pump as well with everything they've been doing and, the you know, all the, the stuff that's come out in, in, in documentaries. The last thing PL want to do is hurt their brand, you know, mm. and, you know, that this has been hurting their brand. It has that they haven't come out. So I agree with you. This is some. This is crazy. What's happened today? It's a. It's a step in the right direction. Fingers crossed. You know, they get it over the line. I mean, we've got a bit of a uh, an agenda, but I think we've covered quite a bit of it in in, in stuff stuff we've been talking about just over how we've been speaking. But is there anything here before I get to more Liverpool type stuff uh, that you want to discuss? I mean, I think we've discussed how long it took the investigation to come through and stuff um, and the commercial revenue. Is there any more you want to touch on the commercial revenue or have we covered well, that? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, right. So I'm, I'm going to come on to commercial in just a moment, but I just want to briefly um, pick up about one of the questions that's been asked today. Mm-hmm. Why has it taken four years pretty much um, to complete this investigation? And that for me would be the single most worrying thing if I was a City fan, because you think about it. When um, when the law carries out very, very lengthy investigations into, um, say, if it's a drug cartel, do those investigations get done and dusted, get wrapped up in the matter of a few weeks or a few months? No, no. The authorities take their time, meticulously piecing every little thing together. And then once they have their information together, testing it from every which angle possible to make sure it's as watertight as possible. And I think that is why the Premier League has taken so long. They know, for example, that it's been coming up to two years since the whole UEFA thing basically fell apart when it went to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. And you can guarantee that as part of their own investigation, the Premier League, that is, they would have spent time talking to UEFA, talking to the lawyers, understanding where it fell down, why it fell down, in order to make sure that those mistakes were not repeated here. On top of that, one of the other things that I've gone about at length is the fact that other clubs in the Premier League have on the on the quiet been lobbying the Premier League, you know, Liverpool, um, Arsenal, Manchester United as well, especially um behind the scenes say, look, you know, Manchester City are not playing by the rules. We are trying to. They are not. We're not we're not happy with this. On top of that, we are your biggest selling points. You know, it's not Manchester City that's leading um, being sports in Qatar to pay hundreds of millions a year. It's not Manchester City that's helping secure this massive deal with NBC, um, which you know brings in again huge amounts um, in terms of distribution rights for North America. Um, it, it's it's us, it's us, United, Liverpool, Arsenal, primarily. 
know, we're the three most popular clubs on a global basis. And yet we are losing out to this club that's breaking the rules. And not only are they breaking the rules, they're being smug about it. They think that they are untouchable. You know, they're carrying on like Al Capone in Chicago in, um, you know, the Depression era. You know, they think that nobody can do anything to them. We want you to do something. And, and that is part of the reason why the Premier League knows, you know, these such clubs tried to go and set up the Super League because they felt, look, the Premier League is not being strong enough at enforcing its rules in the same way that UEFA were not strong at enforcing financial fair play. And so if these clowns can't enforce their own rules, why don't we just set up our own league and set up our own more robust set of rules? And the Premier League and obviously UEFA are clearly very worried about that. And they know that these clubs are ultimately very, very critical to ensuring that that cash um, continues to come in in unprecedented volumes. It's not Manchester City that's delivering that. Um, so that is why I feel it's taken so long that they have been meticulous in trying to build their case up. If this was an investigation that took a matter of about six months, I'd be less worried if I was a City fan. The fact it's taken four years, to me, looking at it from the outside in, I think, right, they have put a lot of time, spent huge amounts of money trying to make sure that their case is as robust and strong as possible. And that that would be the single most worrying thing if I was a City fan right now. <laughs> They've now, got their conspiracy theories coming out and all this. It's like, yes, they they're all true. Do. No, but they're true. They're all true. Uh, other other clubs have lobbied to get this fucking sorted because you're cheating, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the uh, fuck? I tell you what, the, the City fans are a special breed. Um, and I know that because I've in- interacted with them for however many years now. <laughs> but I tell you what, it, it's actually shocking the amount of City fans that genuinely believe that they are financially self-sufficient. They, they genuinely believe that. And the reason being that they've got some very prominent influences within their fan base who convinced them all that City's commercial revenue is completely legitimate. It's completely pucker, completely kosher. Um, and on top of that, um, they, they also believe that, you know, the way that they conduct themselves um, in every respect is without any kind of fault whatsoever. And, you know, they've had it hammered home from people that are influential within that fan base. Um, and and they, a lot of them believe that. You know, I'd have a lot more respect for City fans if they just said, look, we know we're cheating, but we get away with it. And what are you going to do? <laughs> but no, um, a lot of their fan base actually are not of that view. They, they genuinely 100% believe that they... Um, comply completely with in the within the rules, and obviously that's reinforced um, by the fact that the club consistently hammers home that same message that oh we've done nothing wrong, um, you know. So why are people always coming after us? But yeah, just in terms of the second point before we do come on to Liverpool, and that is commercial, right? So in the Deloitte Money League, uh, which came out um, just the other week. Um, it was obviously published in there that um, Manchester City's commercial revenue exceeded that of pretty much every single club um, in world football. And 
just to put it into context, their commercial revenue for 21-22 was £316 million. Manchester, Manchester United was 258 a club which, in terms of global appeal, um, history, lineage, all the rest of it, um, and historic revenue um, generation, income generation from commercial, um, always been, you know, well above Manchester City. 258, 258 million for them. Liverpool, 233. So two worldwide institutions, global powerhouses, genuine support all around the world, generating significantly less commercial revenue than Manchester City. Manchester City, a club who can barely fill their own ground, even when they're on the cusp of winning a title. Um, this is a club who whose primary sponsors all happen to be based in um, or have links to Abu Dhabi, except for Puma. And that deal is worth 65 million a year. And that deal also is a deal for the whole of the City Football Group, which is comprised of 10 football clubs. But even if for one second you say, okay, all of that 65 million a year goes purely to City and not to any of the other clubs, you take that two, 65 million off the 316, you're still left with 251 million pounds. So of that 251 million, some of that will relate to things like um, club um, sales of their own in-house merchandise and um, things like that. But, you know, the city's fan base is small, you know, and they're not going to be generating bigger mats from that. Um, and then you've got, you know, some other, um, you know, sponsorships with the likes of Nissan um, and companies like that who are genuinely not part or, or linked to Abu Dhabi. Um, but those typically only generate maybe half a million, million, million and a half if you're very lucky. Um, if you add all of those up, you're still going to get nowhere near 250. So what it means is that the overwhelming vast majority of their commercial revenue is linked to Abu Dhabi. And um, when you start to really spend, you know, any more than a few seconds thinking about it, and if you've got a couple of active brain cells, you know, it, it's not hard to figure out that, you know, something is not right. Something is clearly not right. And that is when it all starts to come apart. And I think that is where, if City were asked, okay, show us your contract, show us your agreements for these commercial deals, show us your tendering documentation for other bids that may have come in for your um, front of shirt sponsorship deal or some of your other sponsorship deals, and also asked about, okay, well, how much are you getting in from these sponsorship deals? And that is probably, in my view, and again, I don't know this, but in my view, where City have probably refused to cooperate, probably refused to share information because it would just be so damning that, okay, right. So this is telling us here that you're generating 150 million a year from Etihad. And we've seen an email from 2015 where at that point, your overall uh, commercial income from the Etihad deal was about 67 million and only about six, 7 million of that actually came from the airline and the rest was supplemented by um, the nation of Abu Dhabi. So, okay. Explain to us where exactly this 150 million is coming from. And, and I think that is where the whole case falls apart. And I think that is probably why there's been that lack of cooperation 
but it's it's not hard to figure out. I mean, people who don't understand finance, people who don't understand commercial revenue or or the whole concept or area of commercial, um, you know, even they even they know that it, it doesn't sit well, it doesn't stack up, it's not right. And and that's why nobody believes that City genuinely generates three hundred and sixty million Mate, of commercial they, revenue. They are using crypto because you can't track stuff, certain stuff, where the money's come from, because it's just an address, mm. right? They don't know whose address it is. So they're making freight projects, making money out of these projects, putting money into these projects, getting that money yeah. sent out. It's just a big scam. Mm. You know, just using modern technology and ways to build. I mean, this is the crazy thing, right? This is the crazy thing. Uh, especially yeah. when they build websites of these these crypto coins, no one else has bought it. How do they make the money? No one, no one's purchased this coin. No one's purchased this coin. It's got ten holders, <laughs> ten investors, right? Where where did you get the millions, mate? Yeah, mate. It, it, they could really, really clamp down here. This could really mm. kick their ass. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think that's why, you know, like I said earlier, if I was a City fan, the fact that this seems to have been a very carefully constructed um, investigation where the Premier League has taken four years to complete it um, would be worrying. Now, obviously, in between that, we had the small matter of the pandemic come along, but, you know... You know, it's not as if the Premier League had to go physically to um, Manchester to carry out the investigation. A lot of it is done electronically. Um, and so, you know, requesting information, it can all be submitted electronically, whether it's emails, whether it's contracts, agreements, um, wherever it may be, um, you know, that the pandemic shouldn't have completely um, stopped the investigation from carrying on. Um, you know, it might have slowed it down for a few weeks or a few months but you know I think that it's just something that has taken that long because the Premier League wanted to be absolutely um, watertight as possible in terms of the charges and making sure that as and when it were to go um, to a panel um, that you know it would be upheld um, in in the strongest um, sense possible And, and just on that front um, so, now I referred earlier to a commission. So what happens then is that the Premier League has now published its charges and they go to a commission um, and this 
commission will hear both sides and then it will make a ruling. And if, um, say, they rule in favour of the Premier League, there will be the option um, to appeal the decision, um, but that will go to another independent panel that will be put together um, by another part of the Premier League. And um, ultimately, and the most important thing here is that it can't go to the Court of Arbitration for sport. So the trick that was pulled by Manchester City, which was a very clever one the last time around, where they managed to get two people favourable to them onto that three-person panel, that option won't be available this time. So obviously they'll do a bit of due diligence in the background, try and gather some dirt or some other information um, to try and in any way, if they can, influence members of whatever panels or commissions might be um, hearing this case now. Um, but look, uh, it'll probably be more difficult to get that um, kind of influence this time around than it was um, on, on the last occasion um, with the Court of Arbitration for Sports. So, yeah, it, 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 it's not looking great for City. So, let's pivot to Liverpool. What does it mean? There's, well, there's quite a few things that could happen yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. What else? Mm. Yeah, lo- lots to think about here where the club is concerned. Um, so, let's start with... Um, well, are we going to get three Premier Leagues and are we going to go up from 19 to 22? Like, you know, we talked about earlier. I mean, it's possible. Absolutely, it is possible. Um, I, I think it's unlikely. Um, I, don't, I don't think we should be, you know, you know, planning for... A, Could they even a be stripped of them, but not... It, like, they're stripped of them, but no one's actually won it then in that those yeah. years. Yeah, like yeah. I, I think that... that is more likely, I think, because um, if you then go into, right, let, let's award it to your run-up, up, um, then, you know, that might potentially open up some other um, ramifications as well. So the cleanest way would be to say, right, we're stripping you of these titles because you won them unfairly, um, but they are just going to be essentially null and void for those particular seasons where you won them. So nobody then is awarded those um, honours. Wouldn't um, be the best way, though? Just because it keeps them in the top four, so you don't have the legal ramification of them dropping out of the top four, for example. Because mm. uh, if you think about it, otherwise, if you just expel, if you expel them from each of those previous seasons as well, yeah. or whatever, then then the person who've come fifth will definitely start to, you know, say, well, that's cost us hundreds of millions here. Whereas if it's just cost, you know, I mean, they're going to have to be smart about it. Maybe even five points, because that'll do for us. I'm being selfish here now. Three, well, I think three points will do, will get us three, three as well. Three will do. Yeah, three will do. That gives us three more titles and only one more for United. So we go up to 22, they go up to 21, and we're ahead. Brilliant, perfect. <laughs> How selfish are we? <laughs> yeah. But if City have to repay the prize money because they got the money, the, you know, oh. they have, then that can be distributed properly, right, to the other teams and therefore they don't have that legal ramification again. I think Sean just put it in the chat, repay the prize money, you know, all the difference in prize money even, and it gets distributed fairly out to whoever it goes. But, I mean, there's loads of things that can happen here, can't there? There's loads. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, who, who knows with, with all of that? Stevie sort of thing, G but... with a medal is what we all want at the end yeah. of the day. That's all we want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, make that Denver Bar song go away for a start. Um, oh, it'd be so good if that happens. 
would have, would have imagine been, uh, the Stevie G songs for the rest of like eternity. You know, like it just it just to shut those fans up would be beautiful. It'd be a win. It would be worth going through this shit season to get that yeah. over people. I swear to God, it would. <laughs> right. So, what are the other? What are some? Have you already gone through some of the other ramifications? Well. So then we then have to look at, well, the whole situation about potential sale. Mm. So, right, we know that one of the reasons that FSG have even considered selling the club outright is because for all intents and purposes, they thought, right, you know, UEFA, Premier League, you know, they're clearly not upholding these rules that they put in place. One of the things we went on record about when we came into this club in 2010 and then talked about in 2011 in um, interviews with the media was that we expected financial fair play to be implemented. And, you know, we based our model on self-sustainability on the expectation that, um, you know, these rules would be enforced. And they haven't been enforced. And not only have they not been enforced, but some of these clubs like Manchester City, um, PSG and others have just taken the pitch. They have paid blatant disregard to the rules and have just done whatever they so pleased. And nobody has really made any real efforts to punish them, just potentially... um, you know, slaps on the wrist, um, punishments by way of fines, which, you know, for these countries which have unlimited wealth um, are like getting a parking ticket. So it really doesn't mean much to them. It doesn't really affect them in any real way. So if that is the case, nobody wants to apply these rules. What is the point? Why do we even bother? Um, And on top of that, obviously, they've got their own kind of interest in terms of generating funds to invest potentially in Fenway Corners, possibly in an NBA franchise, maybe even an NFL franchise in the future. So if these rules are now going to be upheld, um, albeit financial fair play rules as we knew them are in the process of being phased out and are being replaced by a new set of rules um, which have been um, set up by UEFA and they are being implemented over the next three um, seasons including the most current one and one of those key rules is around ensuring that 70% of your um, wage bill and amortisation does not exceed um, sorry, it does not exceed more than 70% of turnover, um, which is quite a radical change from the previous set of rules. But the kind of criticism of that rule was, well, okay, but if you just inflate your commercial revenue, if you're a PSG or a Manchester City to whatever the number needs to be, then that 70% rule really doesn't mean much, does it? So um, if clubs are going, especially in Manchester City, are going to find it much more difficult to just make the commercial revenue numbers say whatever it needs to say, um, then all of a sudden it becomes a lot more difficult for them to go out and spend whatever they want to on, you know, another, uh, another left back or another right back or, um, you know, another midfield or a strike and ultimately spend more than all of their rivals. So does it then potentially change FSG's intentions to sell if they now think, that the rules might start to get upheld. Possibly. Possibly. So, I mean, we already know that, you know, they had been putting a bit of a 
um, word out there that they were only really keen on the minority sale. And part of the reasoning behind that is they thought, okay, there may be some upside in the market. There might be the potential for our value here uh, as owners um, to grow and for the asset to appreciate more um, in the coming years. So why, whilst it might be worth three to three point five to four billion now, it might be worth six, seven, eight, you know, in another decade. So why don't we hold on to as much of it as we can now, um, just to see what happens? And today's news might have made them feel actually, yeah, if the rules are now going to be upheld maybe it is worth holding on for a little bit longer now if you're, if you're a fan of Liverpool Football Club you might think oh well we were all gearing up and readying ourselves for them to move on but if the Premier League is serious about upholding its rules and it's not just about a retrospective punishment about a club Manchester City having broken rules over the last you know 12, 13, 14 years but instead saying right here on in going forwards we are going to be very strong in ensuring that you stick by our rules. And not only that, you have to be open book with us. You have to comply with us. You have to cooperate with us. And if you want to try and act like you're above us, then see what you get. And if that is the case, then maybe it does change things in terms of the sale. Um, I mean, it might not, it might not. They might think, look, you know, we don't really care about, whether the Premier League's serious about upholding its rules. Ultimately, we want to generate some money and we need it now because we have plans to invest in this, that and the other. Um, but, but not only know, that, look, at, look at what's happening at the club as well, you know, at the end of the day. Mo. Yeah. It's, it's oh, all yeah, changed yeah. from what they wanted it to be. Mm. And I think it's a massive job to get back to where it was without yeah. pissing people off. You know, yeah. without pissing the people that are running it now off, unless you're a new owner who can come in and be, well, I've just spent fucking four billion on this, mate. You think I'm going to let it run like it's running yeah. now? Which is a very, very unlikely. Anyone does, you know that. Someone comes in, they change everything. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it's interesting. It's going to be really, really interesting what happens in the next um, three months. I think at Liverpool. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And, um, you know, that's why... I, I, I still doubt that it's going to massively sway them, but I think it would have given them something to think about. They would definitely have had conversations about, oh, 
This is, this is interesting. And the other thing is also, I don't think that some of these other clubs were tipped off about this either. I don't, I genuinely don't think they were. I think that um, Premier League kept their cards very close to their chest. Um, and, you know, as the they should. As they should. This is a sensitive yeah. topic, you know, they shouldn't be leaked at all. And I love it that no one had an idea until it popped up this morning. And that's, yeah. that's how things should work. You know, there should be no leaks about things like this. Cause they, that's when, cause catching them off guard is kind of, kind of the point as well so they're not ready for it they're not prepped for it they don't know what's going on and that's another lesson learned from the UEFA case because on that situation there were certain journalists who were tipped off about what the outcome of the UEFA investigation was before it was published so when it comes to um, the lawyers representing uh, City then having something to go at they were in that situation able to say oh but we this was this was not done in a fair and transparent way. Why were journalists briefed about the outcome before the results were even published? So I think again today, um, you know, the club has been careful. Uh, sorry, not the club. The Premier League has been careful. E- even that said, um, I, I think people at City are still making certain allegations. That, oh, um, you know, certain journalists like Martin Ziegler of the Times were briefed ahead of the publication, but. Um, Premier League, I think, has been strong to dismiss that. They've said, no, no, no. Um, everyone found out at the same time. So, yeah, I, th- I think they're very careful. They've learned lessons from others' mistakes. And again, stuff like that would all, you know, go towards making me feel a bit uneasy and a bit worried if I was a City fan. What about timescales then? Because obviously, like you said, this is just a start, really. This isn't the end. Mm. What do you... What do you think? I mean, how long did it take for the the UEFA stuff to get to like CAS? How, what was the turnaround with all that? So, did that take um, a while? Not years. I mean, uh, ooh, off the top of my head, I think it was um, six months to a year. Um, mm. And um, so, yeah, it, it didn't take a huge amount of time. I think in this situation, the first step will be. Um, for it to go to this commission for that hearing to take place. It will be done behind closed doors and then there will be a publication of a report which will either say, um, you know, the the whole case is dismissed, City have done nothing wrong, or it might say the other extreme of all of the 113 charges um, are upheld and um, City are guilty of all of them uh, based on all the evidence that's been presented or somewhere in between. And then almost in, inevitably there will be an appeal and that, that will go to a separate panel that will also be um, under the auspices of the Premier League. And in terms of how long that will all take, I don't think it will take years and years like some people are suggesting. I don't think it's any, anyone's interest for it to go years and years. And part of the reason why is if you are Manchester City, you want this over and done with. If mm. you if you were as a city looking to bring in players next season, for example, next summer in the summer, if you're an agent of that player and you know, okay, so there's this thing hanging over city's head and that could draw to a close next season. And that could result in this club being relegated all the way down to the bottom of league two. Are you seriously going to be recommending to your player? Yeah. Go and join that club. No. So it's not in City's interest to drag it out. 
in the same way it's not in the Premier League's interest to drag it out. Yeah, and you um, could tell you could tell City didn't know this was coming and Pep didn't know it was coming because he only just signed a new contract in November, right? End of November start just you know, as the World yeah. Cup kicked off. So two year extension on top of this. I don't think he'll be there if this goes you and know, that's the next why, Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm hoping that those quotes that have done the rounds today, um, of what he said that, you know, if if it turns out that the club have lied to him that he's he's walking. I hope people remind him of that. I hope in his next press conference, he's reminded of exactly that quote. Um, obviously, I don't think he'll walk until the whole matter is concluded. And by then, his contract might have, um, you know, been anyway. and gone. Yeah. 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 But um, nonetheless, um, it does put him and the club in a difficult position because until this whole matter is concluded, there'll be that uncertainty. There'll be that cloud hanging over City that look you are cheats everything you've achieved has been through unfair means and on top of that like I touched on earlier it will be difficult to get players through the door and we know that they are trying to get certain big players through the door uh, because you know they're coming towards the end of a certain cycle as well you know that they have got a number of players that are kind of reaching the end of their peak and, you know, they've got to do their own refresh in the way that we have, albeit not as big as ours, but, you know, they, they, they still need to move on, you know, a number of key players in the next 12, 18 months. Well, and imagine all those players and Pep just sitting yeah. there going, and what everything being wiped, mm. every record being wiped from their existence. I mean, that's crazy thinking about it, isn't it? That is crazy. And, you yeah. know, they, they obviously have worked really hard. They've worked really hard, you know, the coaches, the players. But look, like I said earlier, without that money, Pep Guardiola would never have even entertained the idea of joining that project. No. Nope. Because, you know, last few years, their revenue levels have been 500 million or more. Without that money coming in through commercial revenue, that would have been 300 million or less that revenue would have been less than the Spurs, less than an Arsenal. Not great deal much more than a club like West Ham or, a, or a, um, you know... They're uh, not as big as West Ham. They're not as big as West Ham. They're not, though. Well, they don't even get as big a attendance as West Ham. <laughs> at, least, at least West Ham get genuine fans through the door and their gate receipts are genuine. Um I, you know, right now, Leicester's Leicester's PL is way more legitimate than all of them. I mean, well, Leicester's is legitimate. That's what I mean. They've actually legit, legitimately won the PL, and Man City yeah. haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And, and to go back to the point I made earlier, this is not a case of marginal gains to win six Premier League titles. It, it's massive, massive um, levels of cheating, as far as I am concerned. It, it's without without this money. They would never in a million years have got to where they've got to. And, and that is why, it, that's why I've labeled it the worst case of cheating in the history of professional sports. Because, Absolutely. you know, if you look at the prominent cases of cheating in sport and the most famous cases like Lance Armstrong, Ben Johnson, even Russian state sponsored cheating, Russia, you know, for decades were basically juicing up hundreds if not thousands of athletes to try and help them perform better in um, whether it's Olympics or swimming, you know, whatever it might be, various sports 
but it was always about marginal gains for those athletes, you know, um, in order to swim I, a bit faster or run a bit quicker, jump a bit further. I get um, but, you know, who, it, it was all marginal gains, marginal gains. This last, is not marginal gains. Last two questions. Who did this impact the most? Okay, and this is probably a rhetorical. Liverpool players, Jurgen Klopp, well, Liverpool Football Club as an entity, this, this impacted in the end, over the last five years at least, especially. Mm. And and if they do the right thing here, where they where they do retrospectively retake off points, and, you know, Liverpool do get the, those league titles, I mean, it's not going to be the same, obviously, because we didn't get to celebrate them. But it takes a big different it takes a massively different look on Klopp and the players right <laughs> I mean there's a double there's a Champions League and Premier League double in there there's a domestic treble in there I mean that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty uh, that's pretty crazy Mo um, it is but we we would have been robbed of that and that's what we've been moaning about from the start. And I think a lot of the fans that are saying, and I know there's loads of people trolling now, all the fans that want, you know, to, and, and this is up to, this is a moral, you know, it's all about the moral question that, that people want, you know, um, state ownership, this and that. They only wanted it because there's a team who's cheating, getting away with it, you know? And I get it. There's other discussions on it that it's still not morally correct, but they, 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 the passion for a football club is, is clouding that judgment because it's so unfair for those people. Yeah. And so I get people trolling each other and all that, but you know, maybe take a step back and have a think about why people are trying to do this because they're fed up of this. And this is what exactly what they've been asking for. You know, this is what people have been asking for. This shit to go down. This, you know, this team to get to get absolutely taken down. And that means now Newcastle will have to just be treated as a normal club. They're going to have to be doing everything by the book, you know. And if Chelsea are doing anything dodgy, they're going to get fucked as well. So, mm. you know, this is this is what then becomes a fairer league. And that's yeah. what makes it better for everyone. And you understand then that, yes, let the club get sold to whoever's right for the club rather than we just need the big money. You know what? But obviously for me, I agree with you. The next owner needs to be someone who does want to put something in at least uh, within, uh, within the, the, F, you know, the FFP guidelines or whatever, but someone who's yeah. willing to maybe even take loans at least. Do you get what I mean? And not, yeah. <laughs> which our club doesn't want to do for some fucking reason. But yeah, I mean, that, does. exactly. And that's what, where we want to get to. But I just wanted to put something out there to say why maybe a lot of people are thinking like this. Is this because of this fucking situation where one team has got away with murder, literal murder mm. for 10, 12 years, 10 years? Yeah. A decade yeah. of cheating, and it's going to drive fans that are diehard insane to go and then drop their morals. It happens, yeah. and so, 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 just I want people to step back and have a th- think about that, you know, before they start trolling each other and being rude to each other. This is what happens, man. But now, hopefully, everyone's senses will prevail and think right. Let's fucking kick their ass, and hopefully their asses get kicked. But last question, Mo. If they are found guilty, right, even mm. after appeals, realistically, what do you think is going to happen? So, uh, if they're found guilty, uh, Manchester City, as we know them, will never be the same again. They can't be, because 
if you are found guilty and you've gone through appeals and you're still found guilty, that you're basically um, inflating commercial income. You're trying to present a much higher level of turnover than is genuine. Then you can't get away with it again. You've got to present genuine um, revenue figures in your accounts and you've got to work within those means. And if that is the case, then your entire operation has to be scaled out. And then all of a sudden, it means that your second biggest area of revenue is ma- is not match day, sorry, it's your broadcast. And that's from um, Premier League and Champions League. And the likelihood is your Premier League money drops down significantly because you're not going to be finishing first and second every year. You're going to be finishing probably mid-table at best. You're not even going to be in the Champions League. You're unlikely to even make it into the Europa. So your your levels of TV money reduced to the kind of levels you're seeing in a, like I touched on earlier, a West Ham or a Leicester City. And then you just become a regular club. And at that point, the sports washing um, interests are pretty much gone for Abu Dhabi. There's nothing more to be gained. It's a case of, okay, we had a great 12 years, 13, 14 years. It helped raise our profile but this project has nothing more to give us now. There's nothing more to be gained. There's only more damage to be incurred by associating associating ourselves with Manchester City. It's time to sell it and move on and then focus on some other project instead. And that is why I don't think that City will be the same again if, and it's a big if at this stage, but if um, the whole process is exhausted and ultimately... Um, Manchester City have found guilty of having done wrongdoing on a significant scale and so I think that um, if that's the case that that's terrible news for them but also by extension not so great for the project going on at Newcastle United and even um, the one at Chelsea and that obviously then is, is good for us because one of the things is if we got new owners in at Liverpool we wouldn't need Owners to be doing to cities as uh, to, to Liverpool's commercial revenue, what Abu Dhabi have done to cities' commercial revenue. We don't need that. We don't need somebody to be inflating it by 100 million, 200 million a year. It, it can be basically supplemented in terms of the genuine revenue already being achieved with owner investment, which is within the rules. FFP rules, as they existed previously, always allowed for direct owner investment. And the new rules will also allow for owner investment, but even greater owner investment. But what we don't, and that's all we need. We just need a little bit of topping up. And sometimes when uh, a, a certain big deal needs to happen, it needs to happen now, not you know the following year, then your owner can basically stump up the cash and make the deal happen. And... Obviously, FFP, in the way that they operate, very risk-averse, um, very, very um, prudent, very, very uh, stringent in terms of their kind of parameters financially, um, wouldn't extend to operating in that way. Whereas those that they model themselves on and were inspired by in the Cronkies have changed their ways, and they are now, as a club, Arsenal, s- seeing the dividends of that. They are seeing that... Um, Cronkies being a little bit more uh, laissez-faire in terms of um, financial management are now 
um, successful once again in terms of being able to challenge at the top end of the Premier League. That would not have been possible if the Cronkies stuck rigidly to self-sustainability. They've put their own money into that club and that's why their their affairs have turned around. And uh, I'm hoping that we get an ownership group um, that looks to do the same. And if we have that, plus the Premier League saying, we're not going to take crap from nobody, we're going to apply our rules in a very rigid way, then all of that can only be good news for Liverpool Football Club. Amazing, Mo. Thank you so much for spending an hour talking to us about this. Um, I'm sure there's going to be follow-up pods. I think you've got another pod coming out later this week as well. So you're a busy boy on AI Pro this week. Um, yeah, let's see how let's see how this goes, how this uh, develops. But certainly um, does make a lot of people feel a little bit better that something's going to happen. I think there's a lot of people still very uh, sceptical, um, you know, about it and uh, don't think anything's going to happen. But I just think that the it's 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 very much different this time. Just the way they've come out with it, how much there is going on, a hundred different things. I mean, a hundred <laughs> charges is not a joke, not a joke. Mm. So um, I think people yeah. should take it a little bit more seriously than the UA for one who who are a bit of a joke and, as we know, ultimately corrupt. Um, you know, but the PL have have uh, a government breathing down their neck. And that wants to bring a regulator in, and that's obviously applying pressure to them as well. So they have to do the right thing here, otherwise, it's the power is going to be taken away from them. And once that happens, mate, it's down, it's downhill for the PL, I think, to be honest. So they're they're dreading it. But um, okay, thank you so much. This was another brilliant episode of uh, Mo's Money Talks, and. Um, yeah, he'll be back later this week. For, so listen, listen out for that one as well. Uh, Mo, what's what's happening later this week? If you want to just just d- don't give it away, actually, just give him what you're talking about. Maybe the topic. Yeah, so um, this is one that was already planned, and uh, really, really excited about this one. Um, talking about um, the ownership situation at Liverpool, and also. Um, linked to that, um, you know, fan groups and, you know, involvement that they have in not only what is going on, but also more broader kind of subjects as well. Um, so, yeah, it got, you know, a couple of really special guests um, coming on to Money Talk. So I'll be back on hosting duties again, um, but it, it's going to be very, very interesting. So one of the best, uh, you know, I'm already kind of hyping it up now, but I think it'll be one of the best Money Talks that we would have ever done. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to that and listening out for it later in the week. That's amazing, right? So you've got another show to look forward to later in the week. Um, and Liverpool only play once a week, so we need to fill the time somewhere. And that's going to be a magnificent one. So thank you to Mo for all his hard work. And thank you to you all for listening. And if you are a subscriber, why are you not in Discord? Anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. Get in there. Get in there now. And uh, yeah, I don't know when I'll be back, but hopefully soon. Uh, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, 
where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.